Welcome to the podcast of MotorWeek, television's original automotive magazine. Here's your MotorWeek podcast host, John Davis. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to our 31st podcast for MotorWeek. I'm John Davis, and joining me today in Studio C is our road test producer, Brian Robinson. Thanks for inviting me, John. It truly is a pleasure. <laughs> Didn't I tell you to be here? Our head writer, Shimi Choksi. Hey, John. How are you? And our associate producer and jack-of-all-trades, Ben Davis. Lucky number 31. Good to be a part of it. <laughs> okay. Uh, today, we're going to cover our annual Driver's Choice Awards. Now, Motor Week's been on the air for 29 years, and this is the 28th presentation of our list of the best of the year. Now, very simply, the way we pick the best award winners, and we do it in a lot of different categories so that you really have a choice depending on what your needs, is we pretty much lock ourselves in the office and battle it out until we come up with a group of winners. And we call it our Driver's Choice Winners because to be a finalist in for each of the categories, you have to be above average to start with. It has to be a vehicle that we've recently tested. And then it's which vehicles we like to drive the best with the eye on economy and on price. So we're trying to pick vehicles that are, for the most part, practical for the most families. With that said, we're going to kind of uh, do this round robin. I'll talk about a category in the winter, and we'll get uh, comments from our group on why they voted for it or why it should be a winner. Uh, best small car for 2010, the Mazda 3. Why? I think it just has a lot going for it. I mean, it's it's fun. It's practical. It looks nice. I mean, we all have questions about the big smile up front, but aside from that, <laughs> um, it's just a just a good overall car for the for the everyday driver. Yeah, I think the Mazda Speed 3 was a big part of the reason we yeah. Uh, yeah. named it our best small car. It's That's a, a okay. jack-of-all-trades car. Mm -hmm. You know, we really get to a small car. There are a lot of small cars that are very good out there, but this one just does more for the driver. You just, you know, right out of the box, Mazda's level of performance hardware is above everybody else for the price, anyway. Mm -hmm. Okay, moving on to number two, our best family sedan, the rebirth uh, and redesign of the Ford Taurus. Big car, much bigger than Taurus has been before. Very uh, big, very practical. Uh, we just, I was just in one a few weeks ago when we were in a shoot in Georgia, and going into it, you know, I was kind of not really regretting the decision, but couldn't really remember why we picked it. But just after getting in it and just remembering uh, seeing the interior of it and the way it drives, and, uh, good and, choice. Good and choice. And of course, the SHO edition uh, yeah. this year, or the the bringing back of, we should say. Uh, the show definitely, with its uh, Echo Boost Twin Turbo V6, uh, puts a different slant. I mean, it's very exciting to see what this company is doing on the rebound. Ben, any sharp-looking car, um, especially in darker colors, it looks downright sinister. It's uh, it's a great car. Speaking of cars that have great performance, uh, BMW 3 Series won our best sports sedan. I guess no surprise. Yeah. But there's a big reason that we picked it this year, and that is the new model, the 335D diesel. Uh, turbo diesel performance, uh, which is really amazing with all that torque, great economy, and still a BMW 3 Series. Yeah, you pretty much summed it up. The diesel is a lot of performance. This one may be a surprise to some folks. Our best luxury sedan, not a name we've, uh, I think, ever given. Well, we may have given an award to uh, this brand before, but I can't remember. Buick LaCrosse, the new LaCrosse from Buick. 
Yeah, this is Buick making its big comeback, too. I mean, they they kind of blew everybody's minds with, with this one. I think uh, the young and, and the older generations are all sort of, like, if, if all you're, about this thing. If you're not used to getting into a Buick and saying, wow, what is it that, that made us feel that way about this car? Ben? Just a tremendous amount of effort went into uh, making this car more appealing to a younger buyer, more more sportier buyer. Uh, and it's a not a not a hard car to look at. It's a gorgeous, car. beautiful, and definitely styling. I think it says something about this segment, though. I mean, last year we gave it to the Hyundai Genesis. That's this true. year to a Buick. So you know, if you're like the big three German, you know, luxury makers, or uh, you know, you got work to do. There's, yeah. Everybody's catching up, and they're doing it for a lot cheaper price. Boy, that's a great comment. Uh, best convertible, unusual because this is only a two seater, but Nissan 370Z Roadster. What made it stand out? Performance. I mean, it's just—it's so fun. I mean, it's—it's it's the three seventy Z coupe without a top. I mean, I mean you took the one of the world's <laughs> best sports cars yeah. and you just took the top off. Right. That's but that can—that can really screw up a car design. It didn't here. I didn't think there was there was very little compromise to that. I, I would think Brian Robinson would have something to say. Yeah, on very that. solid. It's one of those cars you get in and you just immediately want to take the long way home to work. You don't you know want to spend as much time as you can. And I like the fact that they put a soft top on it, so you have a practical trunk space. Best sport coupe, Chevrolet Camaro. Well, here we go again. Yep. <laughs> Pony cars are back, and despite a lot of talk about uh, fuel efficiency, uh, they're still in vogue. And, and guess what? Here's a sport coupe that even with a V6 gets over 30 miles per gallon on the highway. Pretty impressive. Any other reasons why we picked it? I think out of all the pony cars, this one had the most electricity around it, and that That's electricity seemed to uh, linger longer. You know, I you must will. say I was a little surprised because I remember when we first saw the concepts of the car, I, I was left a little cold by the styling. But, boy, it turns heads everywhere. It still does. Yeah, it still does. Best performance car, the Audi S4. A little bit different for us for a pick for a performance car. German sports sedan. Such a piece of art, though. I mean, when people, we've had comments, what's the difference between, you know, best performance car and best sport coupe? Well, obviously, the S4 is a sedan. But this car doesn't have, uh, you know, the, it's not rear drive. It doesn't have a big V8 in front. It's just an incredible piece of work. Well, that was one of the changes. They went from a V8 last year to a supercharged 6, and uh, it's torquier, it's faster. And it's more efficient. Yeah. It's the 60 in the mid-fours, yeah. and it's beautiful. Just the overall design of the yeah. car, the Audi's interiors are, are so nice. It's going to be hard to top that one. A car that's been in the news a little bit, best eco-friendly Toyota Prius, third generation. Uh, I should point out that there's been some comments about uh, an investigation into uh, the braking system on this car. We have not experienced anything like that. What we have experienced is an amazing improvement over the iconic uh, Prius, uh, and it gets uh, 50 miles per gallon combined, and that's about what we got taking it up to the mountains and flogging it around. But what else have they done to the Prius to improve it that made it a winner? Uh, some of the body uh, characteristics that they've changed not only improve fuel economy, but they also, I think, make it look a lot sportier, too. That's interesting. How about the inside? Inside, it's, yeah, definitely a practical car, everyday driver. Seats are better. More refined. I mean, it's almost luxurious on the inside. It's close. It's pseudo-luxurious, sure. 
Best small utility. Uh, I have to say it's a vehicle that I uh, grew to like quite a bit when we had it, the Chevrolet Equinox. Uh, not just because it has 32 mile per gallon uh, fuel economy. That's amazing. It's um, better looking, smaller. Yeah, it definitely than- looks nice. This is a tough segment. I mean, this is where all the action is. Everyone's coming out with small and mid-sized crossovers. And uh, to stand out in this segment truly takes uh, something special. I think the Equinox has that. I mean, it gets better fuel economy than all other crossovers, including hybrids. has some cool features you don't normally see on compact crossovers, like a programmable uh, power liftgate. I thought that was pretty cool. I think this is like the new GM's shining light as, as of right now. It is selling very well, so they, they should be pleased about that. Um, Second-time winner, uh, Honda Pilot for Best Large Utility. Uh, another tough segment. Income. Yeah, yeah, I think it's just got the overall package as far as practicality, ease of use, and uh, it's got a standard towing package and stuff like that. It's stuff you need in a or look for in a mid to larger size SUV. Carry up to eight people. And interestingly, here's a, um, uh, a crossover utility that really doesn't look like a crossover utility. It looks a little bit more of the rugged truck-like. It, yeah, it does. I mean, this is a repeat winner. I, yeah. I think, honestly, it would be a three-peat next year, aside from the fact that we have a rule that we can't vote on. <laughs> yeah, and the new 4Runner coming out will be in that soon, so that'll be interesting. It will be. Yeah. Uh, best pickup truck, uh, also a repeat winner, but for reasons that they've expanded the line. The, what we used to call the Dodge Ram is now just called the Ram 1500 uh, pickup, but we've also added to that the new 2500 and 3500 HDs, which are new this year. And the uh, Power Wagon as well. And and you look at it and say, you know, for now, for not only the personal use buyer, but for the HD buyer, it's a pretty neat truck. It's such a big truck. You think it's going to be just a labor to drive it, but you get in and drive it. It drives so nice, easily, uh, comfor- most comfortable uh, pickup out there. I'm still very fond of the uh, new um, uh, cargo box with the Ram box uh, yeah. side saddles. That's still yeah. a pretty cool Genius. option. Yeah, I, you can still feel, uh, fit quite a bit in there, actually. I, I grossly overloaded one, uh, the one we had recently, and it still handled like a dream. The uh, best dream machines are lottery uh, winners. In other words, if you won the lottery, what we'd put our money down on. Uh, two cars this year. The first one's the, Audi, uh, the Audi R8 5.2 FS. Okay, this is the V10 version of the R8. It's an awesomely friendly supercar. It handles just like a big TT. I mean, it's so easy to drive. Sounds incredible. Looks incredible. Uh, it's 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 awesome. It's, there's no, nothing else to say about this car. Yeah, even though the, the performance numbers are, are similar from the, the smaller engine, um, the power, you can definitely feel it all over the place when you're driving it, definitely through the mid-range and back roads and stuff. And we're used to having, you know, V10s not be the most... Uh, smooth engine in the world i mean numerically they should be actually run kind of rough but that wasn't my experience yeah, smooth. and it's still really unique as far as supercars go God, it's a, just gorgeous there's talking <laughs> about head turners that yeah, really is, is it. you know i'd say but it, that car should give um ferrari and lamborghini a real run for their money as far as style at least if not exclusivity too uh, our other winner Another gorgeous piece of work, uh, the Mercedes-Benz SLS AMG, uh, the rebirth of the Gullwing. 
haven't gotten to drive one yet, but uh, they do look pretty cool. And uh, that motor, I know that motor has been in some other AMG stuff. So uh, looking forward to getting behind the wheel. It is a, a great car to drive. It's like a golden age car, too. It's like a throwback. You know, it's... it's uh, throwback, but totally modern. Totally modern, right. Gorgeous machines. Okay, here's our best of the year. We don't have a drum roll, but I guess we could have... Mm. Michelle, ring the bell. Okay. Our best of the year winner is uh, a category that we basically reserve for, of all the vehicles that we've picked in their individual slots, if we basically pick one that we say represents the, the best automotive effort of the year, what is it? This year, it is our best eco winner, also won best of the year, and that's the Toyota Prius. And for all the reasons we stated before, but I think also we have to add to that, it, it just sets a new benchmark for uh, comfort, uh, performance, and efficiency all rolled into one. But if you were going to basically tell someone, uh, guys, why we picked it, what would you say? I mean, aside from the obvious that everybody knows, it's it's green, it's 50 miles to the gallon, it's great for the environment, and those are things that people that appeal to people. This thing is now a bona fide <laughs> family sedan i mean this thing is it's, it's a little bit larger than before it's larger it's more comfortable it's well conceived they i mean for a third generation this is a true third generation car they've worked they've really worked it to the point where it is it has now come of come of age anybody else it just does what it does so well i mean it all comes down to me just practicality and of use and uh, amazing fuel economy you can't get anywhere else ben uh, just with pump prices you know they could get scary again and that would be mine Maybe. A lot of new technology in the car, too. I mean, it's, uh, you know, the, the solar panels you can get for the roof to make sure you have ventilation even on hot days. There's a lot of clever things to the car. Three different driving modes. It's, yep. it's pretty awesome. Okay, let's move on now to our lightning round, where basically uh, the group here will have a couple of minutes uh, before Michelle rings the uh, bell and we get the hook uh, to share our opinions on a topic. And our topic is Toyota. Uh, they've had two major recalls in the last few months over um, stuck throttles or unintended acceleration. Uh, there is news more recently about a potential problem with uh, the Prius and its uh, braking system. Okay, here's a company that for a generation has been the, uh, the, the benchmark in quality, and most people think that they could do no wrong. They've fallen off that podium. Is this long-term damage to this company, or what do you think? I think damage control is going to take hold here. I mean, yeah, it does kind of shake you at first. Uh, six months to a year, I think Toyota's just, uh, they're too strong, and they have too good a track record. Everybody falters once in a while, and um, yeah, I mean, this will be remembered, but now Toyota, at the same time, in the same breath, cannot have yet another recall or another issue That's in, big. in the near future. Yeah, I but, mean, there were, everybody has recalls, but this, these are major. I mean, you're talking about crashing and, and people killing dying, people. Right. Yeah. Ben? I agree with what Shamid said. Um, this, um, little bugs like this, they, they turn up, and it, um, I think people generally want to see how a company reacts to these problems, and that'll decide whether it'll be a, a long-term impact and I don't think it, I don't think there will be a long-term impact. Yeah, definitely the reaction is more important than the actual incident. And maybe I don't know sure how long-term is long-term, but maybe the next three or four years, maybe an impact. But beyond that, I think they'll come out of it ahead uh, or okay. But I think we tend cars are so safe and reliable now. We tend to forget that they are dangerous machines, and stuff like this can come up in any car. I mean, obviously, maybe more here than in other cars, but you know these things happen. 
The one thing that I think that has happened, I personally believe that the Toyota faithful will not change their opinions. I own a Toyota, and I would buy another one. Yeah, yeah and that you're, you're a perfect example. On the other hand, I think people that haven't bought one yet, that have heard a lot about them, will now take the, take the brands taken down a couple of notches and put it more or less on an even playing field with other brands. So, personally, I think Toyota is going to have to be a little bit more aggressive in price and uh They'll come out all right, but I think they've lost that aura, at least for the people that don't currently own the and Other brands are going to play that up. Too. Oh, they are. Yeah. They are. Okay, let's go to our MotorWeek nail mailbag now. If you've got a question you'd like us to answer on one of our podcasts, be sure to visit us on our website first at motorweek.org. Submit the question. If you are chosen, you receive a free MotorWeek T-shirt. All right. Do we have one on this morning? No. No one here. Here's the question. It's another Toyota question. But this actually applies to almost anyone that owns a truck. Uh, this is from Luis. He says, I own a 2008 Toyota FJ Cruiser. I keep up with oil changes and maintenance because I like to keep the truck for years. How can I get a little more miles per gallon? I drive about 60 miles per hour. Don't accelerate too much, so he's driving smart. I'm thinking of getting a K&N air filter for the motor, but what else can I do to improve my MPGs? Comments. He's doing a lot. He's been very proactive. I mean... Well, if Luis, uh, Luis, if you don't accelerate too much, let me know what roads you're going to be on so I can avoid those. <laughs> but, uh, really not much you can do other than make sure your tires are uh, fully inflated and uh, use your, take advantage of cruise control You know, when you're on the highway. That's a good one. It can modulate the throttle uh, a lot more efficiently than uh, what you can. And uh, get all excess weight out of the vehicle, that uh, dead weight that you don't need, tools and everything, they're definitely the cheapest things you can do. Yeah, with the way vehicles are sealed up today, the engines are certified. There's not too much you can do, uh, you know, to stay legal and basically uh, get a lot more miles per gallon. Because believe me, the manufacturers want more MPGs. Part of the problem here is that this truck is geared for off-road use and for towing, and that of course hurts you on highway use. But you know, um, the K and E filter will probably help a little bit. Uh, you might not be able to tell it. Uh, it could be a, a tenth of a mile per gallon or something. Uh, but basically, uh, drive sanely and uh, keep your tires uh, inflated. And when you go to change your tires, uh, look for a tire that basically has a, is more of a fuel economy tire rather than an all-terrain tire, especially if you're not going off-road. That's definitely good advice. Yeah. Okay, I think that wraps it up for this Motor Week podcast. I want to thank our group, Brian Robinson, Shami Choksi, and Ben Davis. Also, our uh, audio engineer, Jim Bigwood. Our, of course, creator, Bob Mixter. And uh, the lady with the bell, our producer, Michelle Parker. Thank you, Michelle. Thanks, everyone, for joining us. Be sure to catch Motor Week on your local public television station. And we'll be back with more Motor Week podcasts soon. You have been listening to the podcast of MotorWeek, television's original automotive magazine. For additional information on podcasts, videos, and showtimes, visit our website at motorweek.org. And watch MotorWeek, television's longest-running automotive magazine series, each week on your local PBS station.